Welcome back. Episode 19, the week 11 recap. This time, we're not going to go into such detail. We're not going to go through all the games into nitty-gritty who did what and uh, who made uh, all the mistakes and who actually was the champion of the week. We're just going to give a a quick rundown, try to look at the playoffs and uh, all these trades coming up to the deadline tonight. Um, The two guys on the line right here are big players. I think I threw in myself. What do you say, Eric? I I see a perplexed look on your face. Yeah, no, uh, I would say we we all three have made quite the change to our rosters in the last uh, 28 hours, uh, 36 hours or so. Uh, yes, 28, not 24, 28 hours, uh, 36 hours. And uh, This tells uh, you all you need to know about Eric's trades as he attempts to do math. Yes. <laughs> when he drops all the players he acquired because he didn't think out the contract years, you'll Correct. I math good. I get good. Yep. Well, you know, we had several podcasts earlier in the year saying, when is, you know, the seal going to be broken? When's it going to be? And I, I took a look today, and it was on October 24th. And the last trade we had prior to getting into the draft was on August the 27th. So we had a good two months before any you know, trades were actually made compared to years past. And what's funny is, realistically, Oh, you probably could have gone another week with the trade deadline and it would have just pushed everything out another week because we still are at the point where the six seed's still up in the air and every single team, I think except John, maybe at this point, um, could buy and uh, and make a run for the playoffs. Yep. I yep, agree. Certainly. I, I've, we've talked about this outside of the podcast realm of is the deadline necessary in a dynasty format, but are we truly a dynasty format? You know, so it's like, where, where do you draw the line? Because, uh, there's certain benefits to, you know, putting the line down. So you don't have some lopsided thing in week 13 Mm -hmm. or week 14, but at the same time, you don't want to put a line too early so that it sort of, it hamstrings people and you don't get as much moving as you should. So you're trying to find that sweet spot. And I used to do week 10, and that's where I came into this idea of, okay, the very first day of week 12, and people really know where they're at. This has been sort of an anomalous season where so many people were still in it. But I think it's the right thing for the league, but I'm open to your guys' opinion and other people who've been listening to the podcast. Yeah, I'd love to know what other people think, too. I think this is probably about the right spot. I mean, I think it's – look, it's a weird year when the playoffs are still available to every single play- team going into week 12. We hadn't written anybody out yet going into this week. Because if I lose to John and John runs the table and the right teams win, all of a sudden our last place team makes gets the sixth seed, which with three weeks to go is kind of unheard of, realistically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think looking back week to week over what we've done in the past, usually at this point there's two or three teams that are out of it, there's two or three teams that are for sure in, and then there's you know the middle group, which is the question of do I buy, do I sell? And that's this year that that group was just bigger than ever before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it, Mike makes a great point where if you normally see in the course of a season or the uh, standings, even in the league, you see a nice smooth bell curve as far as the, uh, you know, the haves versus the have nots. And this season it's, it's shifted uh, all the way to where, you know, three or four teams have had the bulk of the talent and the bulk of the wins and the rest of them have been tapered and fairly even throughout. And so uh, that just put, it just pushes the viability even further later into the season, like Mike is saying. Yeah, I agree with that. I also, but I also think there is some, uh, not unique, but it's a certain signature to our league because of the makeup of our owners. And this is no shot against anybody. It's just the rhythm and the, the movement and the communication that it, 
I don't really think it matters where you put that deadline. The deadline makes a lot of activity because people know that like, oh man, if I don't do something right now, I might not get any value back on, you know, on, on certain assets that, you know, uh, I, I, if I wait too long, then I'm just going to end up dropping them or it'll be off season. Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, Ed, that's just human nature, right? You mm-hmm. provide a deadline. Everybody works right up into that deadline uh, trying to get things done. And things will happen uh, more so at the deadline than ever before. And uh, I totally agree with you. And I, and I think having it at the week 11 mark, if you go to week 12, I think it's just way too late. Uh, week 11, I think, is deep enough into the season for that. Well, and to Avery, to your point about the different owners, I mean, look, we reflect the regular NFL. I mean, obviously, we had a much smaller level because we only have 12 teams, but certain teams build through the draft. Certain teams put an emphasis on free agency. Certain teams, you see more movement and more trades happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I think it's kind of the same thing. I think if you look at the teams that are even the playoff-bound teams, you've got a couple that were built heavily through the rookie draft that didn't put an emphasis on free agency or you know, free agent drafting. You know, you've got, you know, like your team, for example, was built heavily through trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, my team was now built heavily through trades. You know, so uh, there's definitely different ways to, to kind of do it and to get to that point. Um, and I think that kind of reflects the way that it is, you know, in the, in the pros. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, it wouldn't be as fun if you had, uh, you know, four more groups of us three because it would just be, <laughs> it would be chaos. <laughs> it would be chaos. Because we'd yeah. all be undercutting each other. And so, no, we're, we're grateful to have the, uh, the mix of owners that we do have. So, uh, without, you know, belaboring too long, let's just run through the games real quick. Uh, first game up I have on my screen was your game, Eric. Bismarck yep. against the Nuts. Uh, it wasn't even close. Your team's already yep. making moves for the future, so there wasn't much to do. Yep. I, I kind of laughed because I was I was ribbing you uh, outside of the podcast about Stafford, and of course he was your high scoring yeah. quarterback on your bench. <laughs> of course, I mean it's and honestly that wasn't actually uh, that was an actual honest move. I just I, I, I know I know. Uh, you know every week it's it's you know the week before I think he put up one. You know mm-hmm. I mean it's every time I go to try to play him he puts up poor numbers um you know for a guy that the last four years has averaged you know uh, you know 12 or plus points a week of course the year i get him <laughs> i i disagree completely i think that stafford is a viable quarterback option and i think that if you were in the market for a quarterback that only had one year attached to him for a keeper you should definitely reach out to whichever owner has stafford for the pro yeah. season you want to make <laughs> mm-hmm. a trade I always can yes. tell by the tone uh, where we're going with these uh, these long uh, <laughs> diatribes. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So uh, wrapping up your roster, I mean, it was yeah. a good game out of Hunt. He probably could have scored more. That was the video. I mean, that was the video game of all video games last night, yeah. and it was that was really cool. Yeah. But so you got to feel comfortable, you know, with him going forward. Uh, Galladay. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about him enough. Galladay showed back up. Yeah, he showed back up. Um, and he looks like he's really starting. I mean, look, it's only year two for him. Well, who's his quarterback again? Uh, Stafford. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. But, you know, uh, they figure it out week year three. So we'll see. Um, you know, hopes, hopes, fingers crossed, and hope things pan out. We'll touch more as we get to the trade segment of the podcast. But I want to say is I you have piqued my curiosity because you did this to me early on when you had Rodgers and you dumped him before everybody else and then you've made some fun moves and now I'm looking at this and I say where is Eric going with this so uh, it, yeah. it, you know you have definitely piqued my curiosity going over to Sunil's team hey uh, this is like we were talking right before we started this podcast this is the team with the highest floor out of the entire league you know he had been riding Connor for weeks and weeks and weeks 
and he throws up basically a nothing burger for Connor's level, and he still has 91 there. Uh, the Giants have turned things around. Uh, the Chargers are definitely in the hunt, and Adams is you know definitely a number a wide receiver number one. So it's things are looking like they have all season long for Sunil looking great. Yeah, I uh, I think that I I. I mean, I, I feel like we should go back to the tape, uh, Hugh Jackson style, and listen to uh, you know, <laughs> our, first, our first podcast. But I feel like I had Sunil in that in that top tier. Um, you guys both didn't agree with me, but uh, that's fine. Uh, I, I stand alone on, on top, and I, I believe I also like Choose Team when neither of you guys liked it. So I'm just going to throw that out there, uh, looking at the, the roster makeup. Um, you know, you, you like Chiefs team before he made the moves. You don't like the, you, everybody likes this current iteration. That's it's like I'm you know, sorry, what's his record? So you're saying yeah. you didn't win games before? Oh made moves? lord, that's like growing up and saying the Yankees are my favorite team and they're the best ever. Yeah, no shit. You know, I, I didn't. I really want a, a a an outboard soundboard instead of the software one because it was much faster to go. But I felt like when he's saying all that, I wanted that. What do you want a cookie? That you know that 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 yeah, sound yeah, drop yeah. from Chris Rock. I, I mean, come on, man. Well, I would like a cookie, actually. <laughs> Can you trade me a cookie? I'll give you a pick for it. Oh, that, that would be great. Yeah, you, you got picks aplenty. I, I understand. So, uh, I don't. I believe I lost a bunch. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. you did. So next game up, another blowout on the docket. Speaking of Chew, Ninja Assassins 106, Mud Monkeys 52. We know what direction the Mud Monkeys are going in. They're regrouping for next year. And uh, goodness, Ninja Assassins, this is the all-in. We'll get on their trades uh, you know, later on, but it, it certainly looked good with uh, Mahomes there. They've never had a quarterback like this in Kansas City. It's uh, ev- Everything new is a, is a new record. And T.Y. Hilton seems to have come back from his uh, hamstring issue. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really like what I see there. I don't really have much comments to make on the Mud Monkeys because we got to see where they go from there. Uh, you know, I'll toss it over to you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah go ahead, Mike. Sorry, you're gonna cut. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I mean, from from Chu's team, obviously, it's it's part of the intrigue is what his team looks like going into next year, and I think that that's the same thing with Mud Monkeys at this point. They're a half baked team. Um, from you know, they made a bunch of moves, and now the question is, what do they turn that into? How do they transition that? Uh, I mean, it's very clear what they did. They look, they said it flat out. They're blowing the team up, and they did. Yeah, I mean, well, what does the NFL stand for? Not for long, right? Uh, Everything that we predicate our decisions on from this year are not necessarily going to hold true. Not all of them, anyway, going into next year. There are some, uh, obviously, but uh, that's basically what Mud Monkeys is kind of basing their decision-making on. They're, They're buying young, buying small on some guys and hoping that some of them turn in now uh ridley is a very good talent mike williams is a very good talent they just had it just hasn't translated yet but i don't think that they expected it to translate yet they weren't expecting it and or wanting it necessarily they're looking for next year like you said so my big thing with them is simply they haven't been in this position before. This is the first time in the league's mm-hmm. existence that they're playing from this position. So now we get to see their style as you know they work together to see how do they make moves when they're trying to rebuild because everybody has a different way of going about it. Like, like we had mentioned earlier in the podcast, there's teams that really want to build through the picks, getting good rookie picks, getting high uh, free agent picks, and then there's the mix mash all the way to the other end of the spectrum of, hey, let me just trade for all my pieces and not really participate in the draft so much, but have a solid lineup. So what are they going to do? It should be interesting. Right. I mean, wonder twin powers activate, right? <laughs> Between the two of them coming together. Yeah, it's it's really, 
it's going to be interesting to see because we're, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I think that they're biding their time and they're waiting for the offseason. And as it gets closer to that next deadline of keepers and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this when we get more towards the offseason. But I, there's obviously, you know, we've mentioned teams that have high year guys that they probably can't keep. And there's a few teams like the Mud Monkeys that are sitting out there with an abundance of available contract years. And we'll mm-hmm. be interested to see if they're buyers. And there's another team, I think, that's on the line right now that when I did that calculation today seems to have a few years under the limit right now. So we'll see what he does. Now let's get over to the barn burner of the week. Green light for Breezes against West Staines Massive. Ah, poor Mike Dorsey. This was his all-in, and it went absolutely nowhere with a negative one out of Mariota, a negative one out of Cook. And by the way, guys, I was hearing a sob story on a, a, a fantasy podcast, and a guy was up by a point and a half, and it was a, you know, a, it was a decimal point system. And Which is he, terrible, by the way. I would I, never do a decimal I agree. Point. So he was yeah, up with Dalvin Cook, and the other guy had nobody. And because of Dalvin Cook's game... That was it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. lost the game. I mean, I have never suffered something that painful. It's like you just—you'd been better off if you had a running back on by. If you just started yeah. the running back on by, so you had a legal yeah. lineup at least, <laughs> so you could yeah. lock in the win. Um, but yeah, that was—it was sad up and down for him. He tried to make moves, but it, it didn't make the difference. You know, Paul over there has made moves uh, with one of the guys on the line here, but. Paul is still in the driver's seat for that sixth seed. So let's see what he can do. Um, I, I don't even know how to look because I'm seeing uh, Drew Brees here and Philip Lindsay with points galore, but they don't count anymore for him. And the rest of the roster did nothing. So what does this mean going forward? I have no idea. Let me throw it over to the partner who made the trade and tell me what is he going to do in week 12 and week 13. Uh well, since I have his first pick, hopefully lose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, Look, I, I've had a bunch of people shoot me messages and questions, and I had a bunch of people shoot me messages after uh, the trade going, I, you were going to willing to trade first round you know, rookie picks, um, which I, I look, if you've looked at my team, I've built through the rookie draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Kelly that, did it last year. Yeah, Kelly did it last year. Look, I, I, I think that it was a, a, a win-win trade personally, obviously as I would. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what he does with that and what he parlays it into. He's still got some more pooses he can move, and mm-hmm. uh, you know he's got now some younger talent, and he's not saddled with a five-year quarterback. I am, so I figure out what I'm doing there. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole new realm. I mean, we'll see how the playoffs go. But for you, it, you're going to be uh, dealing from a different uh, perspective. So uh, we'll just use you as the segue going over to sure. the Narwhals game against Emperor John. This one Dear was a, God, a, that scared the it shit It was a close one. This we was the actual interesting game. Yes, we can this, forget all the rest, honestly. Yeah, right, we can drop the rest of the games. This was the I game of the week. I honestly could. I got to tell I you, mean, when that toe-tap toe out-of-bounds touchdown came oh, in man. for Reynolds Gosh. and – and this, and he just was out of bounds by you know, uh, by literally a toenail. I was literally, I, mean, I it was. I mean, that was going to be the second one. I mean, thankfully, I mean Kelsey showed up in the second half, but I, at halftime, I was uh, I was ready to uh, to punt on everything. So yeah, I mean, you had that last big trade right afterwards. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. you know, uh, I, with John now. He's only got minutes to go, but if I were a betting man, I'd say you're probably not going to get a deal out of Emperor John at the deadline. Uh, what do you guys uh, think? No. no. <laughs> Sorry, John. I know you I, listen, I'd but say I, you I, might I, as well just keep your money in your pocket. I just jest. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't think that that uh, the odds are very good to even. You'd probably lose money on that bet. <laughs> 
You know, looking over yeah. at your roster there, Mike, I, you know, I was surprised. I, I was actually expecting a much bigger game out of Cooper. Um, you know, he yeah. seemed to have gelled a little bit with their in Dallas, but you know, Tate hasn't caught on. But that that game, that boat race, doesn't really count for anything. You can't you can't extract any information out of there. But I was surprised on Cooper. Both those guys are tough to evaluate, considering they're they're new in their offense. You know, they both had an extra bye week, which was great for me, by the way, getting an extra <laughs> bye week out of both players. Yeah, uh, you know, so uh, it it'll be interesting to see what it looks like going forward. Uh, Tate looks like he's going to be the slot guy there, which I think is actually really interesting in that offense with Wentz mm-hmm. slinging it, especially the more and more that they go away from the running game because their defense is you know not as good or more injured, and they're you know in more uh, throwing situations. So it'll be, be interesting to see how it goes. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, you uh, you avoided a, a major letdown there, so we'll see where yep. you go with this new revamped uh, offense. Uh, next game up, we had the Smashing Neurons against Curb Stompers. 117-64. I don't know how much detail we have to go into it. Speaking of Carcass and Wentz, he had that nice negative three game. Um, yeah. Logan, I, I'm going to call you out in the podcast. I don't appreciate starting an inactive player. We'll address that later, but I guess he was the fantasy gods got back at him with the negative five from uh, the Titans. Um, on the other hand, boy, Tyreek Hill, what a nice time for him to uh, show up. You know, she's <laughs> just got to hope that this just keeps going forward with the uh, with the matchups. I mean, this yeah. next week is going to be the tough one. Uh, she has golf on by. She has Tyreek Hill on by. Um, you know, Mike and I were talking about it, and really, Matt Ryan is not necessarily a step down for her overall. Um, no. His ceiling is probably not going to be as high. They are playing the Rams. I mean, uh, the the Saints in New Orleans, so it's probably going to be yeah, a shootout. Be a shootout. Uh, the the problem is, is that when it gets into a shootout like that, uh, Matt Ryan gets to be a little more mistake prone. Uh, so his ceiling is probably not as high as golf's would be necessarily, and I. Just don't see where she replaces Tyreek. Mistake prone doesn't matter too much, though. I don't know if you guys saw the stat, but if you had Drew Brees and if you had the Tampa Bay quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. you would have more points with the Tampa Bay quarterbacks this year if you started the Tampa Bay quarterbacks. Now, the problem there is with Tampa Bay quarterbacks, they got benched off and on and got injured. So So what you're trying to say, you want to change the rules that we just draft team quarterbacks? just draft team quarterbacks. Just team quarterbacks. (laughs) My point is, is the difference was was Drew Brees only had, like I think it was like two or three interceptions. Right. Bay quarterbacks had like nine. Otherwise, the touchdowns were pretty close and the yards were close. The interceptions don't hurt you as much if he's going to keep throwing the ball. Right. Yeah. No, it's it was uh, interesting. What it was is that uh, the uh, Tampa Bay quarterbacks had thrown like 23 interceptions overall, uh, but the, the touchdowns were the same, uh, but it was the yardage. There was like 800 more yards thrown by Tampa Bay's quarterbacks than the Saints uh, quarterback, than Drew Brees. Um, and so that it's... It's a matter of I agree with you. I mean, if you're if you're not worried about the interceptions so much, that sort of thing. What it does is, I mean, and that's a macro view versus the micro view that we're looking at here in sure. this particular case. And uh, and and so that's my only counter to that is like week in and week out. Who would you rather have though? Because yeah, in a macro view, it's going to help you or be the equivalent, but and it's not going to cost you the draft equity, but in a micro week-to-week league that is the nfl and fantasy football taking on water like that is not exactly helpful now i mean obviously if you polled 10 people 
10, you know, at least eight or nine out of those 10 people would take, you know, Drew Brees versus the, mm-hmm. you know, the Tampa team quarterback. But I get your point. I mean, it's, it's pretty yeah. funny, uh, you know, when you're comparing, uh, like you said, it, quarter, you know, the interception prone quarterbacks, um, but they still have prolific uh, throwing stats. Uh, the yeah. one thing with her, you know, that next week's going to be tough. Uh, I just took a quick look. You know, Saquon's got some difficult matchups coming up, not next week, but the week after that with Chicago and so forth. So we'll see uh, what, what, you know, what uh, the future portends for her. And yeah, then the- I mean, I think I think that the, her team as a whole is, a, you know, I mean, maybe you guys correct me if I think I'm wrong, but I, I mean, I think it's a year ahead of schedule. I mean, she yes. was, you know, at the bottom, you know, this year. So mm-hmm. she had the first pick. And uh, I mean, I think. I think if you thought if she thought she was going to be in the playoffs or in the situation she's in right now, you might see Anthony Miller and Cortland Sutton and Tyler yeah. Lockett and some of those guys sitting on our PSP, you know, in play. And I mean, it just set up more for future. So I, I'd still say you're ahead of schedule. Yeah, and we we mentioned that. Yeah, it is. No, I compare them right. to the uh, 2012 Nationals. You know, when you had Harper yeah. there and so forth, they everybody thought that 2013 was going to be their year, and you know, unfortunately, they sat down Strasburg. But uh, you know that that they <laughs> definitely outperformed what they were supposed to do. So she's playing with house money right now, and hey, she she has a very good ch- chance at winning it all. She just needs to yep. hit some consistent weeks in a row. If you're listening to this, could you do me a favor and email me if you understood anything that's a Nationals reference? I'm just curious who's ever paid attention to the Nationals. Besides I, that's basically for him. Please email me. Thank yeah. you. There actually are some. Nah, well, Mike D, he's a, he's local. Uh, I think you know, Sunil, that's what's wrong with him. Yeah, I knew there was something off. I, know, I, I know Sunil's yeah. a Redskins fan. I don't know his baseball allegiance, but. We, we do have some Washington trends in there, so leave my Nationals alone, okay? I'm still reeling from last season. Uh, quick aside yeah. to the Washington fans. Uh, are, I mean, eerie similarities, right, with the uh, with <laughs> oh my God. Eerie. Injury? It's right. beyond same coincidental. Day, same, same points. I mean, no, it was nuts. Same position on the field, and supposedly Joe Theismann yep. had the same amount of attempts at that point in his, of the year that Alex Smith had. I mean, it was so exactly. detailed. It's the same. Yeah, it's the exact same <laughs> Holy injury. moly. That, that's like Twilight Zone, uh, you know, cue that sound. It was yeah. it, it was amazing when that happened. When I, I couldn't even see because it, the only difference was the way he rolled back it wasn't as obvious as the way when Taylor fell on the leg uh but yeah, as soon as yeah. they did that replay and you see the leg just twist and then I was like oh my god I showed my wife and she had to turn away yeah, <laughs> it was it broke it broke yeah. uh it was a spiral, spiral fracture yeah mm-hmm. so for, for yeah. spinning the, the the torque of it that's yeah, that's a that's a painful injury I think yeah. it was, uh, they were. I heard something uh, on one of the radio shows I was listening to today. They said the one good thing compared to 33 years ago is the medical industry because I think Paul George in the NBA had a very similar injury and he came back within less than a year versus having Joe right. Theismann. He was at the tail end of his career, but it, you know he actually just couldn't play. He tried to come back the next year. So it, you know, yeah. Well, it, it makes you think of uh, guys like Gail Sayers and that kind of stuff that blew mm-hmm. out their knees, and you know how they could if they were playing today how the the medical industry would be able to help them get back within you know 16 months to top physical physical shape you know to be able to form like that so there is that working for them yeah that's true you know speaking of gail sarah's uh i just was you know looking at uh old drafts and so forth he was drafted by kansas city i i had no idea no are you sure bears are you sure the bears drafted yeah they drafted back to back uh budkiss and sayers all right, because I thought I saw something on there where he had he was drafted. I could be wrong. If if Avery's wrong, if Avery's wrong, he'll edit it out so that he doesn't sound like he's wrong. And no, if, no, uh, I'll leave it in. I, I've had plenty wrong. of mess ups. Ah, 
I, I see. I was wrong. He went, he's from, he's Kansas. That's where he went yeah. to. That that's where I I pulled away the wrong thing. I'll leave so it in just for you guys. Now wasted everyone's time for like a minute was while we. <laughs> no, it just surprised <laughs> the heck out of me. I said did he got drafted. By I was like, was there a trade or something like that? And the said, important question is, did everybody sit there and listen and wait for the answer, or did they Google themselves? <laughs> Are they still even with us in the podcast? That, that's that. That's the question. I mean, how many people even make it this far? Because I actually I talked to Chu. Hey, Chu, if you're still with us, we, yeah. we went past your game. Uh, he said, "All I'd actually do is just forward to my game, and then I'm out." <laughs> I said, "Fair enough. A little there bit's better go. than nothing." <laughs> yeah. So for that next week when we recap Chu's game, let's not say a word about his team. Let's just mention the score, talk about the other team, and then skip right over to the next. <laughs> that's it. We should just keep te- we should keep teasing it. One of those you know uh, two or three hour <laughs> radio shows where they. Yeah. Just keep teasing. Chew, we'll get to you next week. I'm sorry. We didn't. Uh, my apologies. Yeah. All right, all right. So we'll do the the ultra fast uh, one here. It was my team against Miller High Life. Uh, Close game. It, yeah. It, it, I was worried going into it. I shouldn't have been. A lot of players played well. Uh, <laughs> not many players played poorly on my team. And that was that. So I'll throw it over to you guys. I don't want to get into the all the details here. Oh, look, Avery scored a lot of points. Oh, wow. That's surprising. I got nothing. All yeah. right. So then let's move forward. I have no problem with that. Um, yeah. So and by the d- way, just as a just a uh, interesting little note, sure. I, I knew that they were both drafted in the first round. I didn't know uh, Butkus was drafted third, Sayers fourth in that year. And it's the only time a team oh, is drafted Hall of Famers in the first round. Yeah, I, I'm more so used cool. to I'm more used to uh, you know a lot of misses in the first round being a Washington fan. So yeah. uh, did you see? It, I'm looking at that, that that draft right there. They had the yeah. sixth pick too yeah. from my Washington Redskins. I mean, what the heck? They had the first yeah. three of six picks in the draft. I mean, could you imagine that today? Two Hall of Famers and they still couldn't win a championship. <laughs> they had that, one winning season. They had one winning season with those guys. Think about that. And you had Joe, Joe Namath in that dra- first round as well. All right, so for the playoff projections, we're going to look at it, only focus on three teams, and Mike seems to have the biggest uh, idea on where things are going to go, what the permeations are, and I'll put this caveat, yeah. none of this is official until we've actually calculated it, so don't you know take this to the bank. Mike, yeah, the best I, grasp on it at the moment. Yeah. I think, based on where what I've looked at for that sixth seed, um, right now, you know, as you guys mentioned earlier, Greenlight Fabrizas has a step up with that extra win from this week. Uh, if he wins out, obviously he's in, so no questions there. Uh, the other two teams that I think have a have the best chance is uh, both George and Logan. Um, I think if George outperforms uh, Paul, then over the next two weeks, George has the tiebreaker over Paul as it stands right now with the head to head, so uh, he would get in. Um, if Logan instead outperforms George going into uh, over the next two weeks, uh, that one, then it's a toss up. They didn't play each other head to head. Uh, Paul's got an advantage in the breakdown category, which no one's ever looked at until probably now, uh, to see, you know, who's, who's got that tie break. Uh, so that one could be close, but those are the only three that I see, you know, really having a shot. Obviously, Mud Monkeys could get in technically if they rattle off wins. Eric, you could get in if you rattle off a bunch of wins. Um, but I, I think based on the moves that guys have made, those are the three teams that I think have the best chance. There you go. Yeah, I agree. And what did I say last uh, podcast? I said both Greenlight and uh, Miller. I said those mm-hmm. are the guys that I thought. And really, I mean, Greenlight, they're, they're playing uh, Emperor John this week, correct? 
Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to throw a win on there. I, I let's let's see if they're if they're I'm six gonna say and six. Upset. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say upset. I'm going to say John right. wins it. So uh, you know, betting jelly beans. Yeah. Let's each pick who's going to get the six seed. Uh, I'm going to say Miller I, for the fun of it. I'm going to also go Miller. Um, I think that uh, I think that he gets the upset this week with uh, Kelly having uh, too many of studs on by. Um, and then I think it comes down to him and him and Kirby play each other. So uh, and I think Miller High Life gets that win. Uh, we're going to make it a clean sweep. Uh, I was on the, the Paul train until these trades. The trade changes my mind. Uh, if he had his roster before, I would have definitely stuck with him. That's why I was sticking with him before. So, uh, George, you got three people behind you, whatever that's worth. <laughs> Probably means you're going to lose. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So he'll be our first. Uh, uh, he wouldn't know anyway. He doesn't respond or pay attention to this league. Hey, I, I, I have to stand up for the guy. But uh, be that as it may. We'll get a losing record as the sixth seed, so uh, that that should be interesting. What, what yeah. was the last team in the NFL? Was that the Seahawks that did that? Yeah, the Seahawks when they seven they, and nine. Uh, yeah, they beat and, the Saints, and they, that was when they had the earthquake on that yeah, Marshawn game. <laughs> yep, the earthquake game. Yep. All right, so I don't know how to cage this, guys, because uh, it's kind of difficult. Our website isn't the easiest one to read uh, in terms of you know breaking down transactions, but I wanted sort of a way we can do this uh, without being so biased, but look at some of the trades that just went down. I mean, we had a piddly trade that happened during the recording of this where I threw Fuller over for Fitzgerald. I think that's the most interesting one, really. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm more interested in, I'm going to let you run it. I'm just, but I think that, uh, you know, just kind of uh, interesting, not interesting. Any thoughts? You asking about that trade? I mean, yes. The, ra- the rationale behind it was, I uh, I was scared. I actually was trading from a scared position, looking at all the other teams that up, and especially what what Mike did the last uh, two trades. I said, <laughs> I want to have, yeah, I need to have a lineup that not only is solid top to bottom, but also has something you know to plug in. And you got robbed. Are you kidding me? You traded away a guy that has high upside, has is mm-hmm. a young guy mm-hmm. to a for a player that's probably going to be retired in three weeks. And uh, <laughs> you know, I, I agree. So, to but a guy that's not even going to crack your lineup, he's literally you just traded away a a, a high upside young kid for a bench player. Congratulations. You're, you're welcome. Good, you're welcome. Um I'm not going to sit here and defend myself over and over. There, I had rationale behind it. Uh, I looked at Fitzgerald can help me in a pinch this year. I didn't want to be up against injuries. I've lost five players this year to IR. So, uh, you know, I haven't had good luck. Hey, Trey, hey, how, how, how long have you been doing this with Mike? You don't recognize he's just he's just turning that crank, man. Hey, man, Trey Jetline is, what, nine minutes away? Avery, I'll happily give you a bench player for some first-round picks if you want to or some rookie picks. <laughs> I actually like some rookie picks back, so – do you want like another guy that won't crack your starting lineup that you're going to drop anyway for a for a pick, or you get some other things to sell? Yeah, go ahead and cue those up offline. Um, so let's look, yeah. let's look at the next trade. Uh, we had an interesting one uh, with West Staines and Ninja Assassins. Um, we have Tom Brady and Dalvin Cook going over to Ninja Assassins, and Andrew Luck, uh, you know, going back over to West Staines. There's yeah. a second round uh, pick traded. Uh, let me look at the uh, Google chart here to make sure. Was there a rookie thrown in that one? Yeah, no. uh, Ninja sent his first rookie. Over. That's what I thought. I thought there was something, uh, some other compensation there. What did yep. you guys think of this trade? Yeah, he's obviously buying Young on Cook 
everything that he can. He doesn't need luck. Uh, he's trying to buy Young on Cook and get something for him. Um, and then that's really all it was. It's a, I mean, it's a, it's a fair trade both ways. I mean, uh, there's one that's playing for the now and future, and then there's one playing for the yeah, I think there's a little desperation in the trade because he had Mahomes out this week, and he just uh, he wanted to plug Brady in as his starting quarterback. I, yeah, I mean, l- luck or Brady, I'd rather have luck. Yeah, you say that, but I mean, it, luck wasn't really helping him much sitting on his bench. You know, I, mean, I agree. I, I think I think you guys are just looking at the desperation side, and to to me, it's it's Brady's a nice piece and still helps him if Mahomes gets hurt or something <laughs> like that before the end of the year. So he still has a great backup quarterback, and in the meantime, uh, he's you know made more moves for the long term from. Yeah. So yeah, I, I thought it was a great move. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't disagree. I was just so, I was no. Just so desperation of, is not the right word. I think he ra- yeah. he raised the floor of the his backup quarterback is what I was looking at. Even though Lux had upside, window. but I I still yeah. think he feels safer with Brady. I think he lengthened his window by a, a, a acquiring Cook and having a future with that quality of a running back. All right, next trade we have. Let's look at. I, I want to dive into these back to back narwhal trades here. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. I think we can't go in reverse. We actually got to start from the beginning. We had Eric trading away Stafford and Gurley, a fourth and a fifth round. And in return, there was Aguilar, Hines, Pettis, and a second and third round. So, yep. guys, I'm going to open the floor up. What would you guys see? And this is not any, I'm not shooting anything down. What do you guys see the upside for? Just talk about your own upside, and then that way we don't have to get into any biasness. What do you see, Eric? How do how do you make out on this? Gurley's hurt, and I took advantage of Mike. <laughs> that's yeah, it. That's, that's mean, all we got. That's what I'm five points. All right, I mean, then. So let's move on. About his ankle, he's, he's hurt. injured. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a bad move by me. Now he's on bye. I can't even start him. Uh, there you go. Look, I'm minimizing I, uh, his return. If we're being honest, I traded a bunch of uh, young guys that I couldn't keep anyway yep. um, and got an upside swing injured player, and we'll see what happens. What's your take on Pettis? You know, that's the one that I had the biggest interest in. Aguilar, I'm like, whatever with. Hines yeah. is in that quagmire, but Pettis is that interesting piece. And I'm like, where do you guys see his upside? Because that could be like the, the linchpin in this whole uh, trade. Yeah, I think he's Lockett. I think he turns into Lockett, and we're seeing what Lockett is now. I think that uh, in that kind of an offense, we saw uh, Shanahan have Taylor Gabriel in Atlanta and what he did with the same caliber of player. Uh, Gabriel hasn't been able to perform uh, for an extended period of time anywhere else uh, outside of Cleveland with Shanahan mm-hmm. and then Atlanta with Shanahan. You mm-hmm. take that same caliber, same style of player – and uh, with Lockett, Lockett or Pettis, and you put him in Shanahan's offense, like I have held on to McKinnon because I expect McKinnon in that offense to fill the Freeman role. Uh, Brita, I don't think he likes Brita uh, for the long term. And so that's where it, it, it sits. I think that Pettis will turn into that I, kind of a player. I like Pettis a lot. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I drafted him. I, I yeah. kept him off of my practice squad because I thought with Jimmy G that he would be mm-hmm. that guy to stretch the field, and him and Goodwin were going to be the target. And then when when you know Garoppolo went down, that just entirely went by the wayside. And unfortunately, I couldn't keep him anymore because I'm out of years. So I mean, if he was still on my practice squad, I wouldn't have moved him. He'd be still sitting yeah. on my practice squad. I, yeah. I think the upside is fantastic for him. Uh, you make very good points, and uh, good on you for sharing that with the league. But uh, having that insight of having Shanahan, and I have some of that insight too with him. You know, when he was yeah. with Washington. 
Yeah, you do have well, to pay attention. Because yeah. he was in Cleveland with uh, Mike's That's team. true. Yeah. And he, and he yeah. actually had that running game going well. So, you know, yeah. if you track, that's sort of a good strategy and, and whatnot. If you find those OCs that become, you know, even head coaches, but they have a certain kind of players, if you can peg in, you can, you know, you can get some inside info without necessarily cheating the system. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> going on to the second part of this deal, I woke up this morning and I saw, goodness gracious, the world had come to an end. Drew Brees was no longer with Paul. I mean, I thought I needed to just stop the league. I mean, it was, <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was nuts. But you know what? Uh, I'm going to give you a lot of kudos. That was a great trade to put yourself up with the big boys in the league and have just as much a shot to win there. So uh, that was a win for this year. Yeah, I know you uh, are, are, I guess, leveraging the future. But wow, uh, good job. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, green light for Watson um, is now, uh, you know, is a question mark on his team. Uh, no, I, uh, you know, I, I went back and forth on it. Um, we moved, obviously, a lot of pieces in and out of the deal. Uh, you know, I, I really didn't want to move the rookie picks because if you guys have looked at what those rookie picks were this year, mm-hmm. um, they've been really high, and I've built from the rookie picks, uh, as I mentioned earlier. Um, I mean, a lot of my guys, Mac and, you know, some of the core of my team, Thomas mm-hmm. was a rookie pick, you know, mm-hmm. Kelsey was a rookie pick. So, I mean, there's, there's that question mark. Um, I don't love mortgaging the future, uh, but it's a damn arms race and you guys were way the hell out ahead. And right. so I had to do something with it. And I know that it, the division, I pretty much already had sewn up as of last night. So, uh, it was either go all in or, uh, see what happens and push for next year. And you might as well say, fuck it. Yeah, well, uh, I think you did well, and you know this will be new ground for Paul. And uh, I think you know Paul has some a lot of upside. We were talking about you know just if you break down, get rid of all the clutter, just the move of quarterback taking all that young talent with Watson. And this year, you know, I have to give him a little bit of a break because he was coming back from that you know terrible knee shredding, and he's turned turned it around. His stats haven't been out there, but his upside, his you know, we've seen what his ceiling is, and that's amazing. And he's in year one. He's been hobbled, and on top of that, I don't know if you guys have seen the more next-level analytics stats, but from a quarterback perspective against what competition he's been playing for, Watson has had the hardest schedule in terms Mm -hmm. of who he's been throwing to, and that's with – you know, his receivers going down and getting hurt. I mean, two different injuries at two different times. They mm-hmm. made a trade for a guy, so now he's trying to gel with new guys. Their running back situation has been fairly atrocious because Foreman's still hurt and Miller's been, you know, underwhelming. Uh, I would think that everybody could agree mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's I, look, I think I still, I think Watson is nowhere near hit where his, his oh, actual yeah. floor is. Yeah, and his their line has been terrible. I was watching obviously the Redskins game, and they were down to their last lineman. You know, so you had the dregs of dregs on the roster, and that's what's supposed to be protecting him. So I think you threw a stat out to us on how much pressure he's been, and you mentioned it on a previous podcast. Yeah, at this point, I think the only thing that could really kill Watson's career is when Bill O'Brien gets fired, and then they bring in Jeff Fisher. Oh my God. <laughs> that guy, that, that guy should be banned. But no, uh, it's good trades on on both sides. I like these complex trades that have picks in it, and it's not just I'll give you some picks, give me some players. No, this has a lot of uh, you know looking at it from all different sides of how are we going to move contracts, how are we going to leverage picks, et cetera, et cetera. So it, you brought a different dimension to uh, these kinds of trades, and then we'll just wrap it up. 
you know, Eric, once you had that loss and you decided that uh, this wasn't the season, I was I was surprised. Uh, you know, I didn't think you were going to make these moves because we had had talks and said, now I got my roster. There's not much to do. I'll be able to lock this all in. But something changed your mind. And you don't have to share the, uh, you know, the uh, riddle of the Sphinx with the league. But <laughs> I just I, I found it I found it interesting looking at the drama as the soap opera of the league plays out that you did a fundamental shift of where you're going with your with your team. And that was starting, you know, you made a move for Cooper Cup, uh, you know, and, yep. and also getting that first round pick and moving away Allen, Cole and Diggs. So that, yep. that was a very interesting move. That's what sort of started it all off. And, uh, you know, then there was the, you know, the weird back and forth with you and West Staines. I don't know why you couldn't just get on the same page, making a trade and then making another yeah. trade and just spending more money for the league. But, hey, if I win it all, I'll thank you for the extra money. You're Appreciate welcome. Just buy up. me a beer. Great. Yeah. <laughs> just buy me a beer. And when you speak kindly of me. So or when you, yeah, what, 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 can, hey. what can the front office share with the league? What, what, what changed uh, that you weren't going to stick with the core of your roster for next year? You know, it's, it's <laughs> trading's a give and take. You can't just keep taking, 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 taking. And I feel like I kept trying to make trades where I was taking. And mm-hmm. the league kept telling me, man, I don't want to make those trades anymore with you. So mm-hmm. I said, it must be my time to give. So I'm giving. Wow. How zen of you. Like, this is a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a weird answer to that one. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I was 100% waiting for him to just be like, I'm on to whatever team he's playing next. You know, exactly. A Belichick. Well, I'm on to yeah. Cincinnati. <laughs> I'm on yeah. to Cincinnati. Uh, we're wrapping this up. We're bringing it to an end. I don't even think uh, week 12 is very uh, anticlimactic because we have the way the matchups roll down. We're just waiting for that week 13 uh, deal when it comes into my division, when I play Kelly, and then you have the huge game uh, against you know Sunil and Chu. So, I mean, I don't see too much this week, and I'm not even going to promise no. a, uh, a preview that's not going to happen. So, <laughs> uh, you know, we'll, we'll wrap it up after there. But I don't really – do you guys see anything on week 12 that uh, peaks interest? No, Mike. Uh, the, the Kelly Kelly's lies. Kelly Miller had yeah. life. Yeah, th- I mean that's an interesting game in the and uh, Paul and John green, green light for Watson and uh, and yeah. John. Uh, yeah. That's that's an interesting game. Those are the only two games I really have any interest in. That's the grudge match. It's John it for is. the pride. John for the pride. Yeah. That's it. All right. Well, uh, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, went a little bit long, but at least we didn't get into all the details of uh, here's a box score and here's how much everybody scored. So. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. If you lasted this far, Chew, I owe you a beer. Um, and we will be back with the wrap up for week 12. Thanks a lot. And we're out. I met up, sat up, sneaking around. Then you fade out and fly. Hit it or miss it. Either one, the only way. Check it, don't wreck it. Do it right. Stay there and fight. Shadow, I met up. It's shadow sneaking around, then you fade on and fly.